Bienvenidos a otro episodio de Atze Fatze Immigrantes. I'm your host, Jordan Prince, here in Studio B at M94.5 Studios with producer Moritz Batscheider. Welcome to another episode. Today we have a talented piano player and a great friend, Vivi Derrio. Hola, Violeta de Rio del Castillo. Hola, ¿cómo estás? Hola, ¿qué tal? Muy bien, ¿cómo estás? I miss you, Vivi. This is my friend, Vivi Violeta del Rio del Castillo. Vivi, what's that name stand for in English? Violeta del Rio del Castillo? Mm-hmm. It's a violet of the river from the castle. Oh, mamma mia! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that's such a nice one. It's just like, yeah, my mom was like, apparently, like, all the doctors when I was born were like, all right, this girl has to be like a flamenco dancer or like something like that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or like a singer or something. <laughs> she's either, like, she's either blessed or cursed with a name like that. Exactly, like, she's like a completely normal person that doesn't do anything <laughs> with her life. <laughs> like, who's that, who's that librarian with all the personality? <laughs> well, as long as you're comfortable, my friend, it's nice to have you on um, on FaceTime there in New Orleans. You just flew <laughs> back from a vacation in Morocco, is that right? Yes, six weeks. Oh, oh. my God, that's awesome. What did you do? We went to so many places. I was in Madrid, in Barcelona, in Morocco, in Malaga. It was just like tour in Spain and Morocco. Oh, that's so nice. I know. Um, for anyone who's uh, who's listening, who's curious about uh, who this special person is for me, um, if you know my music, we released an album last year called 12 Songs for 12 Friends, and there's a song on there, one of my personal favorites. It's called Eye to Eye. And Vivi not only played piano for that, for that entire record, she came to Germany to play it, but she also sang a lot, and that song uh, is for her. That's That's your song. And there was a time where you didn't like that very much. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over it. <laughs> but I mean, whenever I introduce that song live, I tend to explain that it's it's one of my favorites because it's it's about um, probably one of my strongest friendships in the way that like I think what I really admire about you as a friend is that you're very good at um, not letting things slide. If there's a problem, whether that ends up being for better or worse, you you you're someone who will confront and face the problem head on. Because you care about the person that you have the problem with. And that's that's what the song is about, like having differences, but coming at them, you know, from different sides yeah. and, and working them out. Um, yeah, I think I think it's important to do that. And I think like nowadays, especially because it's like it's a thing that I see less and less around me. Like people tend to like hide, you know, in like what they really want to say. And then there's like create all this like weird energy and tension that. I don't want it. So <laughs> <laughs> get it out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's it's far too easy to do that. Um especially like, I don't know, on social media and stuff. It's very easy to like to be to be the god in the in the throne, yeah. you know. And then when you're confronted in person, it's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, and it seems like everybody like looks like weird and scared and it's like, "Oh my god." <laughs> <sighs> But you know, speaking of um, you know big big differences and um, w- within friendships or within within our social circles and stuff, I also wanted to kind of touch on like you're someone who 
is uh, from from Madrid originally, or are you from Malaga originally? I was born in Barcelona, actually. Oh, right. That's but, right. Um, but with like, <laughs> I moved then to Sevilla and then to Madrid when I was like six or seven, something like that. Right. Okay. And when did you... But I've been in Madrid since, so... And when was your first... You, you lived in New York before you lived in New Orleans, is that right? Yeah, it was like 2010. I lived there for a couple of years. Okay. Yeah, I'm curious what your feelings are about some things being uh, coming from Europe, going to um, America, because um, now that I'm in a position where I'm someone who's from America, who's come to Europe, I'm, I'm very interested as to are there certain things that you miss or certain things that you think are better or worse? For me, like one of the biggest differences is probably like the healthcare system. For sure. And what's your yeah. thought on, on, you know, being in America from Europe and dealing with America's healthcare system? Oof, it's like, um, it's so different. And it's just like, especially what blows my mind is like people here accept it as if it was super normal to go to a doctor and then you have the doctor, the nurse and the person from the insurance telling you, okay, this is going to cost you this much. Okay, you're, you cannot afford this. Your insurance doesn't cover it. So, right. yeah, for me it was like mind-blowing. Like, oh my God, because in Spain you get sick and then... You go to a doctor and then you don't pay anything. Yeah. You get the most complicated, weird uh, surgery ever that they just like practice it that day for you and then you don't pay anything. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, it's just like like in exchange for taxes, you get that. That's a really, that's a, I think that's a really interesting point that you said about, you know, people just think that is super normal. Yeah, you know yeah. they 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 don't either don't know about the w- way that the rest of the world works or they or they think it's like they kind of look down on it like it's weaker that we have mm-hmm. a system here like this. I told my dad yeah. that I told my dad that a couple of years ago I had a bicycle accident. I fell over the handlebars of my bike and, oh, yeah. I, and I busted my chin open and I had I had yeah. uh, like wounds all over my body and I had to get stitches in my chin. And it was my first time going to a German hospital. And they called the ambulance. They took me to the hospital. They they stitched me up, and I was out the same day. But mm-hmm. I only paid, I think, like ten or fifteen euros for the ambulance ride, or for the whole thing in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I told my dad that story, and he he just rolled his eyes like, "Man, <laughs> so European." That's so European. <laughs> yeah, it was almost like you don't understand how the real world works. And I was like, yeah. "But no, that is also the real." I don't know. Yeah. But think, no, yeah. it's mind blowing because I, I've seen other people, like I've had this discussion like so many times with different people and I've even heard like, why should I pay taxes for like a person that makes less money than me? Or like, why should I, you know, like make sure that this person that is, hasn't like studied like as much as I have, mm-hmm. uh, make sure that they have like this, the health care covered. And it's like, oh my God. It's, well, it's really defensive, right? It's very protective. Yeah, like yeah. I'm looking out for me and for, and for my, the things I've earned and worked for. And I don't want other people to take that away from me. Yeah. It's or, way more individualistic, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think. And in terms and, of um, like a big, another big difference for me coming here was seeing that all public transportation can work on time. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to, I mean, I know New York has like, you know, f- funny things with like the L train, but in New Orleans, I mean, you, there just isn't yeah, a bus it's just going. Like, it's like a utopia. I don't know. It's just like a, a I don't know, like a, 
a lie or like a, something, <laughs> how, do you say, like, how do you call it like something that is just like you keep thinking that it's gonna come one day and it's just like never comes no i, I don't know yeah. it's just like it's so different it's here also like the culture is like you is i feel like a lot of individualism is going on here like in terms of like you have your own car you pay for your own things your house that i don't want to like talk to any of my neighbors you know it's just like that type of like of course New Orleans is, is different you know there's like mm-hmm. a community here and everything but in general i feel like like in metairie for example like it's a neighborhood here in in new orleans it's just like houses 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 like individual people just like not touching other people some you know i think yeah. it has to do a little bit with that type of mentality yeah i think so too and i really wonder what keeps cities from trying their best to 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 solidify or, or or put more money into their infrastructure because when you see yeah. when you see like how many broken streets there are in New Orleans when you see how easy it is for the for the whole place to flood within like a 25 minute rain shower yeah for you know sure. it's unbelievable mm-hmm. um and I, you know I was just thinking about how um you know we talked about going to hospitals and getting sick and stuff I don't know if you know people who enough people in New Orleans because I know that you're surrounded mostly by musicians but you probably have a few friends who have like regular um, day jobs, either at cafes, restaurants mm-hmm. or something like that. And in my experience, when I worked there, um, it was really often that Americans would s- save their sick days. They would um, either work through the illnesses to save their holidays so that they could take off sick days, like call in sick mm-hmm. to do something else. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've realized um, you you don't have to do here. I don't know how it is in, in Spain necessarily. I know that the economy is different from Germany, of course. But in Germany, you know, um, I know so many people here who have their jobs. And, you know, if you're sick, you just tell your boss you're sick and you still get paid exactly. for it. And you don't have to hide or lie because you still get yeah, plenty of holiday. Like, for sure. I feel it uh, has to do with, like, the workers' rights, you know, like – you cannot be sane in your mind working like 14 hours a day, not having any rest, not getting sick. Just It's just like doesn't make any sense, you know. No. And here I feel like it's way, like people accept it for some reason because they're going to get paid or something like that. And I just don't understand it. And in the beginning, I used to get frustrated with this and like be like, oh, my God. But now I'm like okay, you guys have to figure it out. You know, I'm not from here. Like, right. you guys have to, like, change things if you want to. The same way it has happened in, in other countries, you know, in Spain, like, and Germany as well, like, through demonstrations, through, like, you know, you go to your boss and complain about it. Mm-hmm. There is, like, ways of doing it. And uh, I don't know. I think, like, yeah, it has to happen here because it's insane. Like, people, yeah. like, I've seen, like, workers just, like, literally, like, sick like, <laughs> like waiters, you know, like, yeah. oh my God. And they're you know? pushing through. Like, exactly. And it's just like, it's not good for the company. It's not good for the workers. It's no. like, it's not good for the economy in general. It's not good for anything. And it, for me, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's really sad. And, you know, when I was, when I was there, I was, I was, I was of the mindset that, you know, if you're doing these crazy <sighs> long days and you're filling every gap with some kind of work and you do it seven days a week, every week, <laughs> That there was like a, a pride you could take in that in the people were, you know, convinced or convincing themselves that the more time they spent working, the better they were going to be at whatever they're that they're doing, you know, as yeah. opposed to practicing. Of course, that's different. That's bettering a skill. But 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 working on their job 
doing it seven yeah. days a week as much as they could. I don't know. Now that I've had some separation from that from that idea, I mean, people here will will really be surprised or look at you a bit strange if you're trying to overwork too long past yeah. the hours that they set up for you because they they want you to also have your own life. Exactly. You know, it's it, yeah. it's not good for their company if you're fried exactly. or depressed or lonely or you know un underslept. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's just like makes perfect sense. But I, I think it's also like tricky because whenever you start getting paid by the hour and stuff like that, uh, you get in a way greedy, you know, mm -hmm. not greedy, but you start thinking like, okay, I need money for this. I need money for that. I need money for. So it's just like, I have to push. I have to push. I have to push. And here also, America is very like goal oriented, you know, like, right. oh my God, you know, my goal, my dream, you know, money, <laughs> my dog, my house, my, I don't know, my people, my family. It's just like, it's very much like that. That idea is very like, you know, mm -hmm. like implanted. So, yeah, it's kind of like, then I just like, I, I just came back from Spain. So now my, you know, I'm just like, oh my God, this is like, what am I doing here? You know? What's the, what's the water situation like uh, in Spain? Because I know in New Orleans, you, we, we were often, well, first off, we never drink from the tap, which is a, a no. new, a new lifestyle for me in Germany. Totally. Different. I know. How was it? How and was it in so, Spain? It's so weird because here, all of a sudden, you get a, like a uh, an advice, a warning thing that is just like an amoeba is gonna eat up your brain. Yeah, like, it's fear mongering. Your family or something like that, and it's just like so weird because it's like you cannot drink water from noon to seven p.m. and it's kind of like okay, so all great. right. I guess I have to go buy all this exactly. plastic, which just exactly. you know what I mean. It's, no, it's in waste Spain, upon you can waste. Really drink the water from the sink. It's just like it's the same. It's okay, perfect water. Yeah, it's like okay. if you move, like, the better water. Madrid has very good water, but um, the other places you can drink it, and mm. but maybe it tastes a little different. But it's like you can totally drink it safely and everything. Okay, that's uh that's something yeah. I, I really I, I always appreciate because in New Orleans yeah. it was like you just don't do it. Yeah, you just don't do sure. it. You're boiling it all the time and. The, the, yeah. I even remember when they were saying like, don't even shower. There was like a week or something. Exactly. You know, it was like, there's a fungus that's yeah going to eat your skin. Yeah, with this, with this warnings, it's like, you cannot touch the water. And then it's just like 3 p.m. You just read the email. You've been taking showers like since 10, you know. <laughs> it, has, <laughs> it has happened many times to me. Like you, you hear about the warning like way later. Yeah. Like, okay. All right. And what's how, is it safe? Um, is it pretty safe in Spain or in Madrid specifically? Like, uh, yeah. you know, because I'm used to Munich now is like so ridiculously close your eyes to everyone safe as opposed to New yeah. Orleans, where in New Orleans you've been held at gunpoint twice, right? Yeah. Can you yeah, tell yeah. me a little bit about those experiences? It was crazy because I have never, I hadn't even, uh, no, I, I don't think I've had ever like <clears throat> any experience like that with, with guns in general, with like weapons. And uh, I was just like walking uh, in on Frenchman Street, which is like a pretty like crowded centric place in New Orleans. And this guy just like we were three people, three friends, and this guy just like held me like from the back, put the gun on my like pretty close to my face, <laughs> and uh, and just like asked for the money, and we gave it the money, gave him the money, and and he left. But it was just like the whole like, oh, my God, you know, like things that you've seen in my case, you know, like in the movies, like 
you know, yeah. Madrid in comparison is like a Disney like place, you know, like <laughs> you would never, <laughs> I mean, like the most that you would get is like I mean, there was like some things for sure, but like it was like with um knives or something like that. That's like the heat, the biggest thing that you can get there. Okay. But um yeah, guns is just like, oh my god. You know? And then just like a lot of crazy thoughts just like cross your mind immediately, like, oh my god, this guy's gonna get nervous and he's gonna like you know mm -hmm. but um yeah luckily nothing happened oh thank god yeah i, I always think about that experience and I, i'm always telling some people here about because i have some friends here who travel to new orleans or travel to america and when they travel they they sometimes ask like you know how is it uh is it safe there is there certain things we should avoid and i always think back onto your experiences because that could, i could have very easily have been in that group of friends and been yeah, in that situation sure. with you you know mm-hmm um that just that's for me that's that's really crazy um i want to yeah. i want to shift uh shift the conversation a bit now into and uh you know the point of this show is that you're an artsy fartsy immigrant you've migrated <laughs> across the ocean you know i want to know a bit about um i want to know a bit about how you're making a living you know i know that you're a musician um one, mm -hmm. of, my, one of my favorites in fact and you're you know <laughs> you've got a really good education and i want to know about your musical background because you you for a short time you went to juilliard is that right yeah i went there for a year like two years almost and uh, yeah for me basically i'm going to tell you a little bit of madrid so basically madrid i the education in music was now i think about it and i would i would call it like insane because um it was very academic so you would learn um harmony or like i would i went to the conservatory so you would learn harmony or like music theory all that stuff very academically so i wouldn't see a piano like i would study harmony without seeing how it sounds or like without a piano in front of me just like understanding how it works yeah so it's very like uh Bach used to do this these are the rules for this for voice leading and it was you know great you know you would pass the test but then it's just like what the heck am I doing with this in my mm -hmm. life you know and um I was very into like classical back in Madrid I was just like doing the you know yeah well, that's, that's, your, that's, that's your training right is mainly yeah. classical so I tried to, like, I basically started thinking about leaving whenever, in 2008, there was, like, this big economical crisis happening. Mm -hmm. So Spain was super affected by it. And uh, there was, like, literally, like, for arts and, like, for stuff, I mean, for nobody, like, there was, like, very little jobs and, you know, it was awful. So I started to, to think about leaving there because it was just, like, nothing, nothing to do, nothing to, nothing motivating. So a lot of negativity around and everything. So I, I tried to apply first for, for Europe, for London. And they invited me in London to um, assist to like a master class, you know, like in, oh, really? in hopes that, yeah. So thinking that I would join their, you know, their school, like afterwards and stuff. So basically like uh, I bought my ticket and everything. I was ready to go. And uh, this huge, I don't know if you remember, but there was like, around that time, there was a um, volcano happening in Iceland that uh, affected like the whole like um, space for um, in Europe. So basically like all, all the right. flights were canceled, like for, it was just like, it happened for a month. 
So that's crazy. I know, and it was just like my flight. Well, I went with my flight with everything like booked already, and I got to the airport, and all the flights had been canceled. Canceled, Jesus. and they didn't even know when they were gonna open, like you know the 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 space again, like to fly and everything. So I went home, like okay, I rode, like hey. So they told me like no matter that doesn't matter, like, just like uh, schedule it for next month. So what happened was like I did it again. I booked my flight. I booked everything. I went to the airport again a month after, and it happened again. Like oh my, my flight god. Was I know. So it was just like, it was the same reason because like some countries had to wait a little longer for the air to clear out like from the ashes and stuff. And um, yeah, they canceled it again. So I talked to them and uh, they told me like, okay, let's see for next year because it was like June. So the the whole course was like was ending the mm-hmm. whole semester. So they can't like, they canceled it on me. And I was just like so bummed. And then my cousin uh pats was like living in new york and i was just like super bummed after this and stuff and she invited me to go to new york uh for the summer that's how you ended up in new york yeah i didn't know that part of the story before oh that's crazy. yeah she was like she was there studying film right and she told me like why don't you come here and just like take some space like distance from madrid and like everything there so i just like went and uh, i started meeting people i'm meeting people and meeting people and through meeting people, I got this, um, you know, chance to like start in a school there. So I, um, what happened was like, I basically like uh, auditioned and got in, in a kind of like an art, um, uh, how do you say like art um, invitation. They would invite me for a year to check it out and like to study there and stuff. So I just went there and through that school, I met somebody to get into Juilliard crazy oh, wow so, yeah it was just like i don't know a bunch of like totally you know, chance and luck exactly. and connection man yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and it was just yeah. like now i think about it and i was just there you know i just i was just like okay okay all right you yeah know? it must almost feel like a blur now how, how quickly it all just yeah totally and it's just like it was very like you know i didn't even think about it i was just like okay i'll do it okay whatever okay this is cool all right you know like i wasn't even like it wasn't like oh my god i love this school like i had been trying for years and like no it was just like very organic very like that's good natural and we met in new orleans at the at the university of new orleans i was studying film and you studied music there um but yeah how, how long would you say either after moving to new orleans for studying there or how long after graduation would you say that you were able to start making um, a living from music? And how, how did you manage to, to do that? Um, yeah, I feel like I've always tried to make it happen, even while I was studying. It wasn't like I studied. I mean, when I was in Madrid, maybe I did that. But I immediately like tried to like get involved in, into you know projects and stuff. So in New Orleans, when I was studying, like all these schools, actually, they have a, a very good program in like getting jobs through the college, you know, through the school. So all I was right. teaching, you know, it was, it was like a few gigs that, you know, it's like a part time job uh, to complement your studies or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But now you're yeah. now you're teaching uh, you're teaching piano 
and yeah. you're and you're gigging a lot with uh, you have two yeah. two bands, three bands you're playing with, or you're you're a studio musician sometimes as well, right? So. Yeah, this is like I feel like in this in this realm in music, you kind of have, especially like I feel like uh, even more now that you kind of have to be able to do a bunch of of everything, you know, a little yeah. bit. No, sorry, a little bit of everything. <clears throat> yeah. So you kind of have to. You know, unless you get a project that is super successful and then you go with it and it's taking up all your time. Right. Uh, you kind of have to be able to do a few things. But I like it. I think, like, I'm a person that gets not bored, but, like, I need to change stuff. Yeah. I do, like, I, yeah. all the time the same thing, like, you know, the same type of thing. So, Yeah. I think, I think like, that's a pretty pretty fair assessment of your of your personality. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Since I've known you, I, I wouldn't say that you get bored quickly, but I think you're someone who appreciates and respects um, a consistent current, a, a nice flow of change that that you can yeah. mend with and float with and try try to mm-hmm. adapt to. Because I think you're someone who I really I'm inspired by a lot because I think you're someone who really loves to teach yourself new things and learn new things yeah. and try and get good at things that I wouldn't have thought about or. I would have yeah. thought were too hard to start looking at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I feel like it's important to have that. Like I, I grew up with my dad is a person that uh, taught himself to do a bunch of things. And I just like think like seeing that you, yeah. you imitate it in the beginning, like without noticing. And then when you grow older, especially like, you know, in this age, like I feel like you just start realizing like, okay, I've seen this before. You know, I've seen my dad like teaching himself how to play piano from scratch, you know? I've seen yeah. him like teaching him to play guitar. And then my dad is very much like, he buys a clarinet. And it's like, look, I can play a song in clarinet. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <You know? laughs> wow, that is a lot like you. I That's know, really crazy. Like, you know, of course, like, it's just like beginner amateur, but he's like, has that spirit, you know, he loves to like learn new things. And I love that as well. Just yeah. like, you know. Let's talk about New Orleans specifically a little bit, um, because, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that, that really, that, you know, that's where we came together. That's where you and I played in two bands together. We played in a band called Big Lenoir. I had my other band there, Jordan Prince Band. And, you know, I think there's a lot of things to love about it, but I think there might also be a nice handful of things that could, could be different other than like, mm-hmm. the, other than the bureaucratic or the social or infrastructure things. Yeah. Um, for me, I mean, I love studying there. I think going to college there is probably one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. I've made a lot of good friends, mm-hmm. learned a lot. Um, yeah. You can play a lot of concerts. You can meet a lot of musicians. The You know, you're always challenged but welcomed, which is a really great combination. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, there's music everywhere. The food is so delicious. The vibe can be so great. It's so many creative people. Um, yeah. These are things that I really loved about living there. Um, but what would you say? I mean, because it's been off and on about six years for you now. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So would you say that things? I that, always leave, which is like great. Right. You know, but uh, you always find a chance to go back to Spain and get a breath. Yeah, which, which sure. is good. Yeah, see some perspective. Mm-hmm. But would you say? Because yeah. um, I haven't been there consistently in four years, so I would say, are there? Are there things now about it that you used to like but don't anymore or things that you didn't like but you do now? Are there like some big changes for you yeah. from the city? Um, I feel like New Orleans for me was like the first time, my first experience living in a smaller city. Mm-hmm. So for me, I really, I was really impressed 
and loved. I really fell in love with like the community and like the fact that you can see so many of your friends just like playing around, just like walking around, and everybody has like seems to have like this like chill, like happy party vibe going on, like open minded. Yeah, and that's something that I really like. Like as you said before, like I really fell in love with like with that art community here for sure the problem with new orleans i would say that i face now is like whenever you've been here for a while and you've met like the people and you've played the venues it's not that hard to play like the venues you know the bigger venues the so it gets to a point that it feels like you're a little stuck you know yeah. it feels like like you like need to leave and come back in order to appreciate it you know and that's 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 art. exactly that's a great point. Like leaving it to to yeah. appreciate certain parts yeah. of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always that's felt it. like. Um, yeah. uh, well, I don't know if you. I, I think we used to talk about this thing. Maybe we've changed the lingo a little bit over the time, but it was called the circle, or like the you know the vicious cycle, or the bubble, or something yeah. like. I always found, or that it, for me it was very easy to feel that I was progressing more musically, like growing our our attention or fan base or, or even the the talent or something in a certain way. But the moment that I took a step back or traveled out and looked back at it, I would realize that it it had grown a little bit, but it was a bit of a treadmill. Hmm. Do you still feel that way sometimes? I feel like for me, it's not that much. Like um, I feel like here's a great city to learn. It's a great city to learn. It's a great city to rehearse your artistic persona, to try out new things. It's very open, like the the audience is very open-minded, in my opinion, like in New Orleans, you can yeah. go and see like so many different music in just one night. But the only thing with me is like, and I feel like it, it can happen anywhere, that it's always great to leave yeah. and then expose your artistic persona somewhere else and get feedback. You know, I think that's exactly right. And yeah. it's just like, it's so, because sometimes, you know, I was, uh, I remember one day I was talking to this guy from, uh, Arcade Fire, Arcade Fire. Arcade, Arcade Fire. Fire. Yeah. Wind yeah, Butler. Butler. Yeah. yeah. And he was telling me that they are from Houston, you know? So they told me like they had to move, like a, not the only reason, but one of the reasons like of their success was like they moved to Montreal. I always thought they were their- Canadian. That's crazy. Exactly. So they were, and they just like, you know, like sometimes like the cities don't, uh, like some of their artists, it's just hard to make it in, in the city city that you're from, you know? Right. And then <clears throat> you just have to go somewhere else and, uh, yeah. you know, just like see and then try things out and like play and like meet new musicians from there. And I feel it's always like a fresh air. And then you come back here to New Orleans and then you bring all that you know yeah you bug with that so i think you know it's important to leave and i feel like it happens maybe in a big city it's um or in a bigger city it's just like you don't feel it as much right because it's just bigger and it has more offer and stuff but eventually like mm-hmm. that happens as well you know i think um uh, moritz our producer here just googled uh, the population of new orleans right now it's actually a little, a little bit less than i thought it's, it's like 423,600 or so mm-hmm. and uh i think with a population that size in a creative world it's probably 
I think it's, I always viewed New Orleans as, as like a, a, like a workshop for music. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's, it's just like you were saying, you go there, ch- you're challenged by your craft, you're inspired by your peers, take it somewhere else, like hit the, yeah. re- hit the refresh button, you know, kind of look yeah. at it from a distance, see what you might've been missing or what you can share with others. And then take those new things back to the city, workshop it, workshop it, take it back out. Mm-hmm. Um. That's that's something that I really um, I see more and more now. The, the the more distance I have from it, of course, there's so many things I miss about it. I miss having that workshop feeling as much as I had there. Hmm. Um, but definitely, you see, whenever you visit, certain people give you that vibe of okay, the bubble is still real, mm-hmm. but it's but it's very comfortable. Would you say mm-hmm. that? Would you say that there's a risk of occasional laziness sometimes, like from from New Orleans? It's very easy. I mean, they they do they call it the big easy. It's just very easy yeah. and relaxed. You know, like I I don't want to sound derogatory. Like, no, no, for sure. And I feel it's like also depends on like what you're looking for yourself. You know, in your life, like there, I know many people uh, in Spain that they would die to like live in a smaller city, like from Madrid. You know, like mm-hmm. live in a smaller city where they could play every night. You yeah. know, and I feel like like musically here, you don't get bored. You know, because there's so many musicians, so many different projects, so much different music, you know. Yeah, that's so true. That maybe, like, I go to Madrid and then I go out to see, like, the local scene, you know. And it's it's not as, like, huge as here, you know. It's not. It's just not. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I feel like, like, it depends on, like, how you want to, you know, portray yourself, like, how you want to live your life. Like, I feel like here it has, like, you you can live a very comfortable good life here but for me like and i'm sure like i've i've talked to many people like that and for you too like if you have a little bit of the itch of like going out and meeting new people and playing for this and that mm-hmm. you have to leave here you know you have to right. leave and then put everything that you learn here somewhere else right and then get feedback from those people because here is also like like New Orleans is hard for audiences because there's so many shows for free yeah. that, you know, people like, not a lot of people come out to a lot of shows, you know. Mm-hmm. So, especially the local ones, there's so much offer. And if you have this show by this artist that you love, most likely he or she or they are going to play next week for free somewhere else. That's the issue, yeah. You know? yeah. So, you don't pay for it and it's just like... It's part of like the way things work here. So I feel like, yeah, it's super important to just like as an artist, you know, like leave and then show what you're doing to some completely different audience. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's, yeah, it's very like. It's kind of an always, it's like a, a grass is always greener situation. Yeah, for sure. You know, sure. so many Europe, yeah. so many Germans here talk about like, oh, shit, New Orleans. You left New yeah. Orleans from Munich, you know. Exactly. But then in my head, it's like. Dude, I can play bigger stages here and yeah. instead of New Orleans, but New Orleans was where I was. You know, you know, it's uh, exactly. it's always a grass is always greener thing. Yeah, for sure, always. Um, always. And I feel like you know, it's just like um, like for me, it's hard to say that right now because I just came back from holidays and I'm kind <laughs> yeah. like in a post vacational like depression. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like you ultimately have to keep, you know. Like the way I envision myself myself as an artist is like being able to travel around and do this right. thing here, the, that thing here, you know, and 
you know, move, move like that. Not, not stay like, I know that if I stay for too long in a place, I just get like claustrophobic and like, you know, like, yeah, like I said, you know, you love to stay kind of in an ever changing flow. I think that's, I think that's healthy though. I think I really do think that's healthy. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to ask a bit about, um, so we had a band called, um, Big Lemoire together and you guys, um, still have the band and you just Mm -hmm. released some new music. Um, tell me a bit about what that band's doing now and, um, like, you know, your release concert, how you guys just went on a tour. Yeah, we just, it was just like a very first time thing for everything, for pretty much everything that we've done this year. So, um, we put our second EP, the first was with you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we hadn't recorded anything in four years because I had to leave because some work happened. And then I was like renewing my visa. So I had to stay in Spain for longer than I thought. We'll get to that. Yeah. (laughs) Just in a second. (laughs) But um, yeah, it was basically like, um, like we took four years of like, and then you left. So we didn't have a guitar player. We were looking for a second guitar player. Right. And then we found one and then we've put it together. Mm-hmm. We came up with a second EP on June, June 28th. We put it out and we put it out through the orchard. So through bubble bath records, this record label from here that I'm part of, uh, part of. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we're just like, like I just came back. So I'm just like, like trying to frazzled. adjust what next year is gonna be. <laughs> we have a few cool shows. Oh yeah, yeah. The highlight of it is like uh, we're opening. Okay, I'm gonna say, it, but then I'm gonna explain it. I mean, um, if you we're opening for Incubus. What? But... No, wait, wait, wait. But... <laughs> That's great. <laughs> we're not the openers. We're the openers of the show. So how I mean, so, how is it working? Is it like a, a a festival, or is it like an incubus concert? And you're one of two openers, or how, what's the setup? Yeah, exactly. So we would say we're the first openers. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Wh- where is it? It's on the Fillmore. This new place that uh, opened, like. Oh, it's in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. yeah in New okay. Orleans. When's the date? So we have. Uh, we have. Uh, it's like November twenty. 20- 26. Ladies and gentlemen, November 26th. <laughs> get your tickets now for Incubus featuring openers Big Lemoir. <sighs> and also, like, uh, I, uh, I was a huge fan of, like, like... <laughs> I'm sorry, that was, like, the stupidest thing. <laughs> Can you start your shows like this from now on? I'm a big fan. It's perfect that I have a, I have a bit of a cold. And it's, it's like my voice is deeper and like itchier. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> From the creators. Of... <laughs> You're totally the perfect voice for that. <laughs> Can you do it? <laughs> if I can stop laughing. This summer. <laughs> From the creators of Seinfeld, <laughs> Violeta Delito del Castillo, stars in Big Lemoir. The first openers. First blood. <laughs> oh my god! In theaters, November twenty-six. <laughs> oh, oh shit! That's so that's so cool, dude. And you, I mean, you've always had a big thing for uh, was it Brandon Flower? Brandon. Flowers? Yeah, Flowers. follow him on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> That's huge for me that I never follow him. <laughs> <Yeah. that. laughs> 
Yeah, you've had a big thing for that guy. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's yeah. funny. We just drove back. We had um um we just had a concert um about six hours north of Munich, and we were driving back, and uh, we went into this late '90s, early 2000s playlist. And everyone yeah. was just recommending like Incubus, Crowded House, <laughs> uh, Sixpence, None the Richer, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, like Green oh Day. God. And we just went, it just, you know, it's funny, like you get into that vibe and you're adding on like, oh, Third Eye Blind. Yeah. And you just keep going and going and going. That's so much yeah, fun. And we and we played Drive, I think, by Incubus. And just yeah. like all these memories came back. Mm-hmm. Um, but you said um, Big Lamar released on this uh, New Orleans record label that you're a part of. So tell me a, a bit mm-hmm. about bu- Bubble Bath Records. Yeah. So basically, Bubble like, Bath started- Records. <laughs> 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 so basically, like, um, it's, it's like it's related to what we were talking before. You know, like, we, there's so much music happening in this town that not only like, the like from the outside is always like blues and jazz from New Orleans. Whoa, you know, like, <laughs> okay, all right, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> and it's true, you know, like, like you know, jazz music happens here and everything, you know, uh, but and the blues is like for sure, like, very, very important, like, yeah, of course. Music. But there's so much uh music happening, like, from people like coming from that background, like jazz and blues, and also like from people from the funk from people from classical, from people from, like, coming from more, like, folk, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like New Orleans has become, like, this, like, city where all these genres are, like, intertwined, like, mixing. And what happens here is very cool that it's, like, people with different backgrounds, like, come together into a band and create a project. So the project, you, like, in the project, you can hear so many of those influences, you know, like, mm-hmm. from this person that comes from this and... and it, I don't know. I thought we we thought like bubble bath happens uh, because of that, you know, because we thought that it was like a cool thing that it was happening. Like so many people were having their you know projects as musicians, like accompanying this artist or, or that artist, and they also they were having their you know own project, personal stuff that they wrote. And uh, bubble bath is kind of like an outlet for those people, you know, like mm-hmm. okay, you have your project, you're playing with like this artist, this Michael Bublé, our Greg Ajit, there is this clarinet player playing for for Michael Bublé, but oh, then wow. also he has recorded his own thing, you know, and he wants to put it out and he wants to show the world that hey, I have my music as well. So yeah, that's, that's his like opportunity a, to to have like exactly. total creative control and make a good exactly. plan with you guys about how to strategize mm-hmm. a release. That's great. How, how long have yeah, you guys had it now? Like, when was like, it? When did it start exactly? We started like. I keep saying, I've been saying for three, four years that we've been two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> it's been 23 years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, I think around, I, I think when when it started, it was right before I left. For I left for a year and a half in 2016, 17. So, around that, that time, it okay. started. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we started from scratch. We didn't know what the hell you know <laughs> yeah it's a super complicated so, thing to set up exactly. right exactly it's just like a weird world and we're come from like we're all artists right from that world so we weren't accustomed to all the bureaucracy and all the things mm-hmm. like all the ways things are done you know but uh i feel like it's just like steadily we've been like growing you know and yeah. we have like a bunch of like new music and new artists um out mm-hmm. so it's like a good it's a good thing. How many artists do you guys have registered right now? 
we have 22 artists. Holy shit. And, wow. Yeah, we just had this uh, sax player, uh, Jaron, just joined. Amari Ansari. Ooh, and he's doing a new uh, album, right? Yeah, he's doing a, a new album. And then we had this like super sick, like punk rock band called uh, Bad Moon Lander. That's a cool name. And then I know, right? And, uh, <laughs> and then we have, uh, that's it, I think. I think we have like in the future, like this, like um, Slugger is gonna, it's like a funk band. Slugger. So, oh, I like that. Yeah. Nice. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, That's great. Like, I think it's like a cool, like you can, you know, you can go on, on Spotify or whatever, online, we're everywhere. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna post um post the links with this for um the new Big Lamois okay. music and for Bubble Bath. Nice. Um, and thank you. Of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, and and you know just just because I really this is also part of why I really wanted to get into this podcast. You know, uh, we've talked about what kind of music you're doing and how you're creating an outlet for other artists in New Orleans to release their own music the way they want to do it. And that's the artsy part, but you know, a big part of this is is that you you're an immigrant, and so am I. And I really want to talk about, you know, your process. I, I know a little bit about it because you know we've been friends for a long time, and I've been been in and out of you know hearing the steps as they came along. Mm-hmm. I know that we've had to write some some letters for you to to prove that you're you know working and yeah. you, know, you were necessary to make certain projects happen, which in my case is totally true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to ask a bit about like. You know, where's your immigration process now as a European going to America? And how long did it take? How You know, I know that it cost a lot of money. You had to get lawyers involved. Yeah. So what was that like? Mm-hmm. You know, how how did that start? So basically, like, um, it started, like, because when I came to the States, the only, I came as a student. And then as a student, you can get um, a thing that is called OPT, which is one year of working permit. Uh, because you studied here, right? Mm-hmm. They gave that to you. But I basically like uh, spend all the chances that I had. I studied all the things that I could study. Mm-hmm. I spent like all the OPTs that I could get. So the only thing was like either getting married or or having the artist visa. Like that's those were the options. And when I started with the process, everybody was just like, "Oh my god, it's so 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 difficult, so difficult." So I was just like, okay, I'm going to give it a try. And then I contacted with these lawyers uh, from New York. And I've been doing it with them. But it's just like a process of like, it cost me like $3,500, the lawyers. Plus um, an insane amount of papers, like demonstrating what I'm going to do for the, because it's like a three-year visa. So you have to prove basically that you are here to work. Okay. And since you don't have a contract because no, it's not like a nine to five job, you kind of like, they, it allows you to be a freelance, right? Okay. It allows you to, to have that. So yeah, it's like, it's very like uh, strict to, the, I have, I literally have to fill up a calendar explaining what I'm going to do the next three years. Who's going to hire me? I need the signatures from those people, like the addresses, the phone numbers, uh, the like a brief like document like explaining like what I'm gonna do <sighs> with my life. Jesus. Then also like the first time that I did it. Now I'm in the process of renewing it. But uh, the first time that I did it, I needed. I think it was like a total of like. I think it was like twenty between twenty and twenty two letters of recommendation. 
basically of people well established in the music industry uh, or with like uh, things to prove, you know, mm-hmm. um, that, uh, that, you know, validates your case. And says like, and it's the worst part of this process is the way those letters have to be written. So it's not like, okay, Jordan, just like, uh, you write a letter about me, you mm-hmm. know? No, it's just like, it has to be written like as if it was like, uh, Mozart, you know, <laughs> the next Mozart or something. And it's just like insane because here in New Orleans, especially like there's so many musicians, you know, that can play the gig and do it. So you somehow have to prove that that you're the most important one exactly like only you can do that so i remember like like i i eventually like i had my lawyer like basically like the person would write a letter of recommendation about it about me and then i like my lawyer would edit it so at some point it was so many edits that my lawyer started to like writing them you know and um they were like Okay, with the approval of the person, you know, they would change a few things, but it has to have phrases like mm, Violetta's outrageous uh, talent. Um, <clears throat> like, this, like huge words that I was just like talking to the people, like, I'm so sorry. Like, this is not me at all. Like, Please build me you know? up as much as exactly. possible. And I'm just like a person that I, I wouldn't, you know, like, I don't talk like that or I don't like, no. I don't know. It's just like so weird for me. So, yeah, so imagine like like having people like you know not very like like you don't know that well and you respect artistically mm-hmm. having like like you know write these things about you like tremendous uh <laughs> next level oh my, god. Oh my god dude completely yeah. couldn't imagine this project without yeah. any a single other human no, no, being it's just like thank god that she's born <laughs> oh it's just like that type of thing like Oh God! Yeah. How many letters like that did you have to get in total? Do you do you know? <clears throat> now this time I have to get four. Four, okay. So, yeah, That's... I just I'm just like thinking about candidates. Like, oh my God! What would you say was like the most? Um... I mean, that's probably, that's a probably kind of embarrassing stage, but, um, what was, would you say the most difficult part? Like, what did you, was there ever a moment where you felt, um, disrespected or something or, or kind of put down by the process? It's just like not disrespected as much as like as um why the hell am I doing this? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like is it why the it? hell am I feeling this? Like all oh, this is so complicated. Why I don't understand it. You know, I don't understand why it's so so difficult, you know? Yeah. Because it's not like, you know, like the US is like it's like a bunch of immigrants, you know, like there is so many people that are from different places of the world, you know, and there's so many people that, you know, come from, you know, different parts of the world mm-hmm. that I just like found so weird to, to make it so hard, you know, yeah, for like people from other places, especially because nowhere else makes it so hard for americans i mean you know you've been in in germany for you it's just like hasn't right. been that pro- this process you know no no and for in spain for americans it's not that hard you know so it's just like insane that uh yeah that yeah, it's so for, for a country that's like the whole reputation is built off being a melting pot of cultures exactly it's, it's like, strange that they'd make it so difficult for a completely harmless piano player 
Exactly. It's kind of like fucking play piano somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really crazy. Yeah, to totally. Me. It's just like I don't know. I understand. You know, like if you want to make a visa, okay, make it. But it's just like it's it's hard. Yeah, to get for sure. I thought it was just like applying for like a, a job with the government or something <laughs> like that. You know? like, yeah, after this. Oh man, but you didn't have any sort of like. Um, extended time before before the deadline of this renewal where you had to maybe apply for like um a different temporary kind because uh, just to make it clear like when i came here the first one i had was of course the tourist visa which everybody has and then i extended that before getting a work visa by doing a language a language learning visa which i don't yeah. know i don't know if that's restricted purely to germany or not i, I think we'd have to look no, that up but I think you have here in the States, you have to be a um, full-time student in order to get a visa with that. Okay. okay. Meaning like, uh, I think it's like 20 something hours um, a week or like 30 hours. I don't know. It's like, there's a okay. number of hours that you have to be, because if you do like less than that, you get a tourist visa. Ah, okay. Okay. So it's basically like, I feel like in the end, it's just like a way of like getting money, you know, yeah. from you. So this is like... It's, that happens everywhere, you know. It's like they force you to to spend all this money to so, college, and then the college system is so corrupt. And exactly. I don't know. Exactly. I feel like every major system in the states is secretly terribly corrupt. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. But I mean, it, yeah, in Germany too, sometimes. Spain is like, yeah, I know. That's so crazy. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like it makes it in a way. I mean, you have to like kind of like work through it but it makes you feel like less than you know right like i had never experienced like uh what is uh being an you know person in another country mm -hmm. like you have less rights because you're not an american you know yes so yeah. that actually so brings yeah, me and into i can't a, even yeah. imagine like i can't even imagine like i have i had friends when i was in new york like from india and stuff like that mm -hmm. like countries that are like <clears throat> in like developing stages you know it's just like ridiculous you know right and actually that brings me to a point that i really um just thought about but you know as a as a white guy going from america to germany where it's mostly white dudes i didn't see you know mm -hmm. of course i'm not going to be oppressed or anything racially but i i am curious as a you know as a as a woman with an accent going to america were you ever in a position where you felt someone was being racist with you or like questioned your validity as a resident there? No. 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 That's good. It's just like, uh, I mean, I felt it as a woman. Yeah? Yeah. I think that's, yeah. But not not necessarily because I was like... Not because uh, of where you're from. Yeah. Okay. More because it doesn't make it better, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. But that happens like everywhere, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like you just have to like speak up about it and just like you know but yeah it's just like it happens for sure and it's just like it's it's i always say this thing like if this happened in spain you would be dead you know because like you can like i can express myself like i can i deliver myself way better mm -hmm. in, in spanish you know so i had uh, a few moments like that in english where i i, I was just like frustrated that i couldn't like you know just like handle the situation better because of the language barrier and stuff. Right. I'm really thankful but, that you felt uh, like confident enough to 
to speak on the podcast in English for so long. I mean, yeah, I always thought your English was better than you thought it was anyway. <laughs> no, it's just like, I always feel it, like, especially when I come back from... from Six weeks of speaking Spanish. Exactly, ah, yeah, of true, like true. no English whatsoever. True. Like nothing at all. And Vivi, just before I forget here, um, you know, we've talked about how you how you've made a living in New Orleans and how we've met and how we've played together and stuff. But I think I never really get a, a solid idea of your creative process, you know, how you come to an idea on your own. I want to know what that's like. Um, so, yeah, basically, like, I feel New Orleans is a very good place for that. And uh, actually, when I met you, it was that, you know, that I think a part of of the thing that brought us together was that the fact that we were able to, like, share our creative ideas like with no like with total like openness and everything you know mm-hmm. and i feel like new orleans is very much like that and for me it's like i think for m- my creative process happens very much when i'm by myself yeah you know? yeah it happens like i need to work first by myself and then be able to like meet up with people and like even like you know maybe like thought about the same idea with a different perspective mm-hmm. that I hadn't like seen before. But it's true that I like that solitude and that like, I need to think about this, like just first by myself, even though like maybe like afterwards I'm going to like change completely the idea when I meet up with somebody and show the idea. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's like, that's like a huge thing for me. So if I was just to imagine you working on a, on a melody that you wanted to do to do for one of your songs, uh, you would just be in a in a closed room, like blinds closed, zoning in on the piano, repeating the melody over and over, changing minute details until it feels right. Or are you someone who <laughs> plays it once, puts hands on the hips, and goes like, "Hmm." I'm like, yeah, I have that problem that it's like I question myself to the to the to the max. That's true. Yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> so yeah. it's just like in the end, like I have a like, but it happens <clears> to me a lot that I have like the this like phone uh the voice recorder yeah Yeah, dude that'll save a musician's life i do that all the time yeah and then one day like i just go through my phone and i'm like okay and then i see things like from like months before Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh my god i hadn't never like you know i never did anything with this so i start working on the idea and then i i just like work 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 until like i'm you know, I can't work anymore and I hate the idea. And then I wait a little <laughs> bit more. And then, you know, I go back to it like maybe like a few weeks later. And that's how, you know. Would you say sometimes you have like go. a really, sometimes do you have like a really quick process where you feel really good about it very fast? Or is it always a slow process that comes in waves? Um, I mean, sometimes I, I have like the, you know, I'm just like waiting for that thing to connect things. And it happens just like without thinking. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, it's true though that whenever you have your mind, you know, cluttered with all the problems, stress, whatever, this I have to do, this I have to do that. It's like it's not gonna work for me. You know, it just mm-hmm. happens like as I feel like everything else in my life that is just like very organic. Mm-hmm. Like my, you know, my mom would say that I'm a disaster and I don't plan anything. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, but I think that that's part of like how I operate. You know, it's just like it happens. It's a controlled and chaos. I just, like, yeah, and I'm just like yeah. there to like, you know, transmit it. <laughs> I am like the there. vessel and God is talking <laughs> to me. A mother nature. My fingers <laughs> give the message from God to the piano. 
<laughs> I'm but a maybe, vessel. Maybe you should come up with like an answer more like like that. More like <laughs> profound, you know, but no. <laughs> I'm just a channel for the heavens to write their scripture through me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Namaste. Also, like for me, like I really like to work with, um, like the, the same way we we used to work together. You know, like I miss that. Like yeah. you show me something, and it's just like uh. I like this, but I like, I don't know about that. And like, mm -hmm. and then it's, you, you know, that type of like working over one idea that, that can morph into something else. Oh man. That was always one of my favorite okay. things about Big Lemoire because we all, yeah. we all came at it from totally different perspectives, but we loved <laughs> each other's ideas just enough to sacrifice our yeah. own ideas of how it would go. Yeah. You know, like songs like, um, like Doppler or War Drugs. Um, yeah. Or what was the one? What was the one that I sang where we did that crazy rhythmic, poly, like polyrhythmic thing at the end? I think it's the hurt. Th hurt. hurt, yeah, dude, hurt. Yeah. Like, I, I still have such a vivid memory yeah. of finding that ending in your in was it in your apartment or George's apartment? Yeah, my apartment. And yeah. you know, with Biggie but there, like, and oh man, um, yeah, that I love that. that happened like right there. You know, I just uh, one start playing one thing, the other one start playing. You know. It happens so fast. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's that's definitely like I don't really have one way of like you know I always have to have my coffee, my cat, and, <laughs> and my piano, you know, <laughs> and my cigarettes, and yeah, <laughs> exactly. This is always like so many ways that that it happens, you know. Mm -hmm. that, yeah, that's uh, true. That's true. It's always yeah. yeah. It's never really just one way. No, and I don't have like one specific like thing that always helps me or anything yeah yeah but i guess i guess in your case it's just like let's have an open mind try to keep, yeah. keep myself from overthinking about my own playing yeah and when i overthink i just go into like this like dark mode like of like <laughs> i hate this song what am i doing i hate the piano this sucks <laughs> <laughs> it's over <laughs> yeah like my mom was right yeah. <laughs> Totally, totally. But do you, do you remember that song that we worked on um, in like recording your last album, the 12 songs for the song for Bruno? Oh, Count On Me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that it was like, what should we do? And it was just like, we sat down for a second and it was just like... Oh yeah, they, they took that break, and then I was just playing. Yeah. I was just like fucking around on the drums, and you came up with that. Ding, yeah. ding, 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 yeah, ding. And it exactly. just and it totally took the whole vibe of the song in a different direction. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So that's that's totally how I how things happen like that for me. You know, like okay, like, do <laughs> I, I know. like I'm not really like <laughs> sure how much control I have over mm -hmm. the situation. You know, so yeah, I love it's that. Like though. free spirit, man, free spirit. <laughs> yeah, free spirit, bro. Let go forever. <laughs> yeah, it it's yeah. It just takes finding. Yeah, New Orleans is full of like the right kind of people where you can just let go of inhibition and play what feels really good, even if it might sound kind of bad at first. Mm -hmm. And I think um, everyone should just try and find that kind of person wherever they're living so they yeah. can just jam. Because I think a lot of great stuff just comes out of like playing shit for like two minutes and then something cool comes out of it. Yeah. And it happens to me also like it's kind of crazy, but uh, I kind of have to have a, a deeper connection with the person that I'm playing with. Totally. Totally. You know, some, something like, and and it's kind of like, it's kind of bad, you know, because sometimes if you're in a gig, let's say like, and you have to play with whoever, you kind of have to be professional to play with whoever, you know? Mm -hmm. 
So that's something that I'm definitely working on, like just be able to just like open up right now to whoever is there, you know? I'm totally more like the the first version that you mentioned. Like I, I, I'm yeah. not someone who can jump into like a, a drunken <clears throat> jam. Yeah, you know, like exactly. a couple of acoustic guitars with someone that I like, you know, like someone's like, oh, my friend Steve plays blues. You want to riff on it? Yeah. I would much rather die <laughs> than, than yeah, ever do that. Steve to go, uh, yeah, it's like, know. cool. I bet Steve's great. <laughs> I want, you know, can you put poison in this? It's just it's, it's not anything against other people who are good or bad at whatever they do. It's just like you said, it's it's just finding that connection with someone you, you're friends yeah. with. You know, you trust yourself like, around them. Yeah, for sure. No, and it's also like, but I also see like the point of like the other type. And it's something that I want to like, accom- like that's something like, like a personal goal that I have to be able to, to open up like that to every, like whoever is there, you know, mm-hmm. because I feel like it's also like a way of like, like I would say, like you would tell me no, but I would think of myself like I'm not a, like I'm an extroverted person for sure, but like whenever I meet somebody, I'm always like, you know, not super open. Like I'm, I'm kind of like quiet, kind of like, you know, until I know the person. Sure, and then I yeah. open up and I'm like, whoa. Unless they say but, something you disagree with politically, then you're like, hey, excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> sit okay, down. Yeah, I can do that. But uh, yeah, inside I'm like, oh my god, you know. <laughs> sure. I don't know this person, but I feel like music can totally be a thing, a thing like, you know. Mm-hmm. Makes you like have a great time with somebody one night, uh, and just like you don't necessarily have to be like friends forever or anything, right. you know. But you just share something like beyond language, beyond like you know. Yeah, like it's just connecting know. to some sort of strange, <clears throat> omniscient, exactly. flowing thing. And you're kind of like, oh, you get it. Yeah, yeah, and you kind of have to be open about it and like be there and be present. And something that. You know, I super admire the people that I see around me that do that all the time. I'm like, oh, wow. You know? Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Music. Music. <laughs> um, well, Vivi, I I want to say thank you again for taking time out of your day. I know you just got back from vacation, and I know it's 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 early over there in, in New Orleans. Um, yeah, but thank you. you're one of my best friends, and I really appreciate your story and appreciate your music. And um, I I really want you to um, to flourish and blossom and do successful, great things. I can't wait to see you again. It's been way too I know. long. It's been no. way too long. Um, but we'll talk more about that off off mic. I just want to say um, you have a record label. You have a great band. You guys are going to support Incubus. Um, you should drop some some websites out there. And um, thanks for being an artsy fartsy immigrant. Thank you, thank you so much. I think it's so cool that you're doing this. Actually, I'm learning a lot from people. It's really fun. Yeah, that's awesome. It's great. It's always create community. Mm-hmm. Like wherever you go. Absolutely. So yeah, uh, the you want me to say the websites and everything? Yeah. Okay, so it would be uh, Bubble Bath Records is like bubblebathrecords.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> then, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Crazy. Um, yeah, and Big Lemois, you can find us like on Facebook. Instagram is Big Lemois Band. Yeah, that's uh, B-I-G-L-E-M-O-I. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. just like, yeah, Big Lemois. Like, of I, course, like, classic just, cheeseburger yeah. band. <laughs> it's like everyday <laughs> word that you use all the time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no no dude it just like came from vacation and I'm 
Yeah, I need to get accustomed to it again. But uh, yeah, it's B A G L E M O I. Big Lemois yeah. band. Uh, and it doesn't mean anything, guys. No, no, it has a great story, but you have to go nothing. to the you have to go to the website to figure that one out. Um, yeah. One, just I'll end this with a short anecdote. Um, in March, um, me and the boys played a show in Brighton, and I saw a big yellow van that had a a, a branding on the side called <laughs> Big Lemon. <laughs> <laughs> and I sent it to you guys saying, hey, if you just slightly changed your name, you could have a gig, man. I know. We think about it all the time. The big lemon. man. The thing that you play a gig and people come to you like, hey, what's the name of the band? And you just like get mentally ready because they're not going to get it. So it's like, it's Big Lemoine. And it's like, huh? they look at you like, why did you choose that, that name? Big fat guy. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's always like b-i-g-l-e-m-o i'm bored like a kid like Mwah. and it's just like big again <laughs> dude i have another anecdote with this with the name that mm-hmm. one time a person came now we were in the radio doing this interview and um and uh like we we said the name and of course the typical question like what does the name come from and uh <laughs> And I said, like, it actually comes from this book, The Froth of the Daydream. And she was like, oh, yeah, the big lemoire. Yeah, totally. And I was just, like, completely confused. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're the first person ever to get this reference, you know? And uh, Oh, she wasn't yeah. bullshitting. She actually got it. No, no, she was. She knew about it. Oh, she wow. She dance, you know, like this writer. And I was, like, just, like, almost crying. She's like, oh, you mean, like, like, modern like- surrealism? <laughs> Dude, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one out of like after this incubus show when you guys are doing interviews every day that's still going to be the f- probably one of the only people that gets that specific <laughs> exactly. specific I was reference just like, dude i was like about to cry i was like touched by you, it you guys should do a, an online uh, like voting thing before your next release where it's like can you guess <laughs> what the t- what this band name means or send us what you think it means your favorite uh, okay. idea of what you, it means you meant like do you think we should change our name oh <laughs> Big lemon. <laughs> Big lemon is not that bad, dude. It's not that, not that bad. bad, I gotta say. <laughs> okay, Vivi, thank you so much. Thank you to Moritz for producing the show today and Googling some quick facts for us. Um, always thank a pleasure. You. And um, we'll post these links that Vivi mentioned in the description below, along with uh, the release date. And uh, thank you so much, Vivi. I hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Mo. Big lemon. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> ciao. Hey, man. Good morning. Um, <clears throat> I just had an idea about the podcast. Um, maybe since you're going to work on it today, I wonder if you'd be interested in, at the very end, if you added a little vocal clip where you said uh, in English, um, Hey, um, thanks for listening. If you liked today's show, please um, share, rate, and subscribe on iTunes because it helps new listeners find us. And you, then you can ask, do you have um, an artsy-fartsy immigrant that you'd like us to interview? You can send your suggestions to, and then you could, you could put your email or you could put my email. What do you think? Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. Ein Podcast von Jordan Prince, produziert von Moritz Batscheider für M94.5.